Hi, this is Brent, and this is another episode of Mix and Matchbox. Today, I am joined by uh, Matchbox's uh, accounts director, Jamie Mann. Uh, hi, Jamie. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to about uh, authentic relationships and developing those relationships. So, um, Jamie, I am so excited to do a podcast with you. <laughs> I'm excited too. This is my first podcast. Oh, uh, that's amazing. All right. Well, uh, hopefully it's not your last. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, you know, we can kind of get into the questions really quickly here. Uh, and and I know that that you've been in somewhat of an accounts role for, for a while, you know, um, quite a few different agencies and, and we're, you know, so excited and, and happy to have you at ours, um, you know, doing the same thing. Um, and, and definitely your experience, uh, shows, but what is it for you, um, that makes, you know, developing client relationships like rewarding? Yeah. So for me, probably at a very baseline, what you're doing in account management is helping people. So, you know, in some way or another, whether that be helping a small business achieve their, um, their KPIs and their goals, um, increasing their sales or helping a person be successful in their career. So I would say that's probably more of my background is the people that I work with. It's just, you know, they want to ex excel at what they're doing and the support that whatever type of agency service I've been providing in the past helps them do that. So it helps their project or their company um, just do things better. So that's, I, th I think for me, that's the most rewarding is like ultimately, um, most of the time, and ideally, we're helping those clients do better. So for me, that's probably the biggest thing. And then, you know, with that, with good work comes um, good relationships and building trust and all of those wonderful things. So, you know, I've been doing it for, I had to think about this a lot. It's been 16 years, I think, which seems like forever. Um, and so I've met a lot of people along the way. And so I like to think that I've helped a lot of people, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Uh, I, I didn't know that, but that that's just as long as Matchbox has been in business too. So, <laughs> um, it, and, it, and, you know, from the, the standpoint of like, you know, I guess we do the same thing. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point. Like just help people is, uh, mm -hmm. is really cool. Uh, and sometimes it's, yeah, with advice, recommendations, ideas. And, uh, and I think people, people really, they, they care and they appreciate that. That's neat. Yeah. And you know, I mean, cause honestly too, originally I went to school to be a teacher and that did not work out for a variety of reasons. Um, but I like to think that with, again, in a, in a support role, like account management, you're doing some of that, you know, you're, you're helping to strategize and guide them and a lot of things that a teacher might do. Um, yeah. so it kind of felt like a fit. Cool. That's yeah. really neat. Um, so, uh, and, and this is interesting. I asked this because, uh, I, I don't know if that I'm always great at drawing these lines myself, but, uh, are there mm -hmm. lines that you draw in order to still keep between, uh, the friendship client thing and whether that's in clients becoming friends or friends becoming clients? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I've been pretty lucky that I have not had any like weird 
things that have come up in my past. You know, for me, I just, in general, the way I approach like client relationships is really the same as almost any relationship in my life. Honest, be real, be transparent, be open. So, you know, for me, I, I'm a sharer. Um, and so learning about sharing about myself and learning about the client on a personal level, I think just, it helps me get to know them and understand what they're also helps them what their business goals are. Um, and so I have luckily not had that. I have seen it happen to other people though. Um, and maybe that's why I've never had to approach like a specific line. Um, you know, I will say probably the harder clients I've had in the past sometimes are the ones that come from the more friendly side, you know, because that's harder to decide like, ooh, what can I say and how do I handle this? And do I need to do it differently than I would any other client relationship? Um, but again, I think just getting back to, you know, just being real and honest, um, mm -hmm. no matter where that relationship comes from, has always worked for me. So mm -hmm. I've been lucky that I've not ever had to like draw a line, I don't think. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, please don't text me right now. <laughs> right. You know, so that is, you know, that's a real thing. And maybe I say that because I'm generally open to that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think setting boundaries in terms of like not answering, you know, little things like not answering calls after certain times and that kind of stuff. I think most people, if they know you somewhat on a personal level, like, People know that I have kids. And so my evenings are usually spent doing all the kids stuff. And so I don't think most people would expect to get an immediate response from me in the evening. So, yeah, I think, but to that point, I guess setting some type of boundaries around communication mm -hmm. is certainly a thing um, that has probably helped me in the past. Definitely. Yeah. And then like being, as you said, yeah, just transparent, you know, and like, and, and generally people are like respectful of that of like, Hey, I got kids, yeah. uh, you know, I'll, but out first thing in the morning, I'll, I'll be there. But it's yeah. so interesting. Like, uh, you know, every once in a while it'll, it'll tread there, but, um, but yeah, most people are really, really good about it. So, yeah. um, are there, um, any stories that that you have about you know maybe like a long-term relationship that you've like developed um that you know that is like you know very you know special to you and not that everyone isn't but right know. of course yeah. that's my first answer everyone's special mm -hmm. i don't have a favorite nobody has a favorite <laughs> child right um but you know i i would say that there's you know there's a particular client group that i worked with for many years and uh, I will just say that the group as a whole, my direct contacts, they and it changed year after year. I worked with them for about six years and it changed a little bit year after year. Some of them were more consistent than others, but every one of them was were some of the just nicest, kindest people you'd ever work with. Um, I think they were similar to me in that they were kind of an open sharing type of culture in general. So we knew about each other's lives. Um, I worked with them through both of my pregnancies. And so like they got to know me pre-kid, uh, forming children, <laughs> and then post kids. So, you know, I, and also I think coming from the event side of things, we also spent a lot of time together because we traveled together a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, spending that time physically in person definitely I think can help nurture a relationship. Um, and so that was really special to me. Honestly, when I was uh, 
when I was leaving that company and had to let the client know, it was almost like a, like a long-term relationship breakup, <laughs> you know, uh, but I will say on the positive side of things, I'm friends with most of them on social media um, and stay in contact with them still today. So I still know what's going on with their lives. I know what's going on with all of the events that I used to be involved in. Um, and so that was probably the one most near and dear to my heart. Um, but I have others that were very similar to that. I think that one was just, you know, it was six years and it started with, um, you know, our relationship grew both on a personal level and also just the work we did with them grew so significantly during that time. So it was nice to see like them grow as individuals and also the company grow so significantly. Mm -hmm. during that time. So, um, that's probably what sticks out to me. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if sometimes people, you know, know about that on the other side of client service, whether in an agency or otherwise, but you know, how, how deeply personal sometimes it can get in, mm -hmm. you know, in a really nice way of like, just like, um, yeah, like where, where they, you treat them like friends or family and like, you know, mm -hmm. you have that kind of same sort of respect or level of candor that you can use with each other. And that's, uh, it, it is, it's something very special to where like, you know, you're forming a relationship and it's, it's not just, you know, hundred percent work all the time. Like, you know, you care about those people. Yeah, for sure. And I think, honestly, I think that the way we all started working post or during COVID even maybe blurred some of those personal professional lines more because we saw a snapshot into people's lives a bit more than you did before. So, you know, you had kids coming in, you had dogs coming in. And so it kind of like dropped down a little bit of a wall for some people if they did have that, that I think mm -hmm. just made, it made the personal part of business, I think, come to the forefront a little bit, which I love because that's just, I mean, that's kind of the way that I work best. So yeah, totally. I that's actually one of my like favorite things about seeing people, you know, working at home. You can instantly like kind of, you know, look at their background or detect mm -hmm. something and they're like, "Oh my god, do you like that too?" Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you find those little, you know, kind of nuances in order to like um, I don't know, yeah, relate and and get to know each other and then certainly, yeah, kids, dogs, everything running into the screen that's just, "Oh, it'll happen." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well cool. Um, what are things that you, you know, sort of should be cautious about to, to maybe not do when you are like nurturing a relationship? Yeah, you know, probably the biggest thing that sticks out to me, uh, two, well, I should say two things, uh, where I have seen issues creep up in the past. One is over-promising. So over and specifically over promising for things that I don't necessarily manage, but um, other people on my team do. So just being really careful to understand, like when it comes to timelines and what the particular deliverables might be that everyone on the internal team understands what that is. And that I'm then correctly relaying that to a client. So that's where I've seen things get sticky in the past, maybe over promising from a timing perspective or how much a deliverable might be versus what the internal team might be thinking. So over-promising for sure, just being real about, even if you know going into it, hey, this is probably longer than what they want, but the reality is this is what it's gonna take. So over-promising and then honestly, just frequent and clear communication. So mm. most issues I've experienced in the past 16 years, can all be drawn back to some type of miscommunication um, where somebody 
didn't hear what you were actually saying, read an email wrong, all of those things. So, you know, anytime I've ever had to have a, uh, a or share information that I know might not be the most positive or received as positive on the client side, um, I'm a pick up the phone kind of person. So, you know, following that up with a phone call to make sure that the information is being received correctly has served me well in the past. I will say I probably didn't do that early on in the years. I've had multiple um, mentors and supervisors in the past that had that kind of really bore that into me in the early years of like, just pick up the phone. Yeah. Because we get so much into a text message and an email world right now. It's like, you know, but still being able to talk to somebody on the phone and explain what's going on usually is going to go over better. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, those are probably the biggest things, just making sure you're communicating well, communicating the way the client needs to. Um, some people don't like you to call them. <laughs> so understanding that and what that kind of line is that they have drawn. But um, yeah, just communicating clearly and not over promising. Yeah. Wow. The miscommunication thing is like, yeah, it's certainly real. And I, I I think of this thing of like, you know, basically if there if there was no miscommunication, we wouldn't have soap operas. You know, like <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, because like every soap opera is like just full of like you said what you, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then um, so anyway, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. That's that's totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, OK, well, on um, <laughs> on another weirder note, what are maybe the weirdest things that you've had happen uh during an otherwise normal meeting with a client. Now I could probably name a bunch myself, but I'm definitely curious for your sake. Yeah. Yeah. So um, probably when I, if I try to think about this, the most recent would probably be on, um, on like a zoom call. This was again, probably right at the beginning of COVID when many of my clients at that time, most people in general, probably weren't used to doing so many video calls. And so that was a new thing. People were in new spaces doing that. A lot of times people were in a space that was shared by other family members. And so, you know, this is a story that most people probably have to some level, but I had a client's husband like walk across in the back shirtless, yeah. which hey, it could have been worse, right? Yep. Um, but walk across in the back shirtless. Again, to me, I'm like, no big deal. That kind of stuff happens. It doesn't matter. But the client was mortified. Aww. And it was just like, you know, I'd, it was one of those where we almost had to like end the conversation because she was just so apologetic and was like, I can't believe that. And I was like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> I've seen people without their shirts before. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Um, so that was probably the weirdest. But I've also had some really odd um, honestly, where I've seen some of the weirdest things happen is like in, in more like pitch meetings or sales meetings. Mm. Um, and when I say weird, I more just mean like, um, clients not paying attention mm. or, um, like being on their phone the whole time. Those weird things where people will ask you and, um, ask you to do something you've been invited into their world in some way. And then they are just like not paying attention at all. I've always found that so weird. And unfortunately that's happened more than once. Um, and I find that so weird because it's like, you asked me to be here, right? Don't you want what I'm bringing here? <laughs> right. And hopefully that doesn't say too much about me, but, um, you know, unfortunately I've had other colleagues say the same, that they've experienced the same thing in the past. I think sometimes people just don't even realize like 
that they're on their phone and not paying and how much that feels like, Hey, you're not paying attention to me. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, definitely. I know like phones have like become that like second nature sort of thing. And you're just like, just put it down, put it out of reach for right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Those things. And then, um, I think same thing with like during co you know, the height of COVID time where we were on just nonstop video meetings, you know, hearing family member, not mine necessarily, but on calls, like hearing family members yell something from the other room, like that kind of weird thing of in interruptions, which again, I find very funny and just adds to like the personal level for somebody. Um, I've also had, I'm a pretty uh, liberal person when it comes to language, like I'm not offended easily, um, but I have had some <laughs> clients in the past that were really open in the way they shared their language. And that was a little weird if it's somebody you don't know very well. Um, but those are probably kind of, I, I haven't had anything extremely crazy happen. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. That actually, that's probably, that's, that's probably great. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the only thing weird I had happen was the fact that we pitched uh, a chat roulette um, to, uh, uh, doing that for, um, I think Energizer back in the day, but like, you know, the Energizer bunny to like be on chat roulette. Mm -hmm. Uh, we made it about two minutes into that, um, proposal or idea. I didn't last long. I won't explain anymore. It just, it, it went very not well. So yeah, they didn't do that. Not right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, how about, you know, like, in, in your opinion, you know, what sort of like tips um, do you have on, you know, to respectfully sort of like dig in to reveal important information uh, or make a deeper connection with people? Because, you know, this is uh, um, this is, you know, how do you get people to disarm or like, you know, give mm. me the stuff that you need so that you can help them at the end of the day? Yeah, uh, I think for me, I can almost, not always, I will not say always, but typically the first time, and it's easier now because people are way more open to doing video calls and that's seeing someone's face and their um, body language makes it all the easier to know how to make those connections with someone. I think you can usually tell pretty quickly in the first introductory call with someone, like, if they're going to want to talk or interested in the personal side of things and you lean into that, this just happened yesterday. I talked to somebody for about dogs for 15 minutes before we even started talking about anything. And it was the first time we'd ever met. <laughs> um, however, there are other people where you can also tell very quickly that maybe their time is uh, very tight and they want to get right to the point and it's going to be all business. Um, so I think just trying to read people really quickly to understand that and get those cues from them um, is basically going to be probably the, the base of your relationship with them. And I think you're going to know very quickly, okay, let's lean into the personal side of things. That's going to soften everything up. We're going to become really close on a personal level. And then I'm just, then as necessary, I'll bring the right business stuff to you. Whereas other people, uh, they're going to want to not do that personal thing at all. Mm -hmm. But as we know, making some type of personal connection is where I think you truly build your trust, honestly. Um, so leading with the business side of things, doing a really good job on that. Um, and then over time, some people, it takes more time to get to uh, the personal things. So just, again, I think reading cues in that first introduction to know, okay, I'm going to have to take my time on the personal level. We'll just kind of like feed this in a little bit over time, the more we talk. Um, or like I said, talk about dogs for 15 minutes before 
you even ever talk anything business related. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's my biggest tip. I've told people that in the past when I've been interviewing them is like the biggest thing I think about client relationships is, is reading people. Um, mm -hmm. Because uh, yeah, again, some people, you know, in general, people like to, and this is not groundbreaking information I'm sharing here, but people <laughs> like to work with people they like. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and everybody connects on in different ways. Some people are very personal and some people just aren't. Um, and you got to kind of break them down a little bit over time to get there. Um, so yeah, just being really careful to read people in the beginning and not push too far one way. Mm -hmm. If that's not the type of person they are. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and you mentioned something just a little while ago too, like revealing, you know, like, uh, and, and people, uh, I, you know, I think always, uh, you know, understanding that there is a point of relation too, of like where they're, Oh, cool. You know, Oh, you have a kid of this age mm -hmm. or, Oh, you have a dog too. Um, yep. it's so funny how, how easily like, you know, sometimes disarming or like relate relatable those items become. And then, yeah, you wind up in a, in a sort of conversation, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't push the wrong person too far in a personal direction. Then that will just, it'll go the wrong way. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what I have seen happen in the past too is even those people that you do lean in really heavily on the personal side, um, I have seen you still have to be really, really, you have to look at it really importantly that you still have to deliver on the business side just as well as you would with anyone else. Because right. when I said, you know, I think you build your trust on the personal side of things, um, Yes, I think that's true. The trust in you as a person, but in order to trust in the team that you're representing, the work has to be good and on time and all of those things that a client wants. So um, I think the personal uh, leads to longer relationships sometimes, but the business piece is obviously the most important because that's why you're working with them. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Good advice. Yeah. Uh, so um, this is the one that uh, they could be kind of interesting, but like, you know, where do you find these types of relationships? Um, you know, where do they come from? And and yeah, definitely anything from like, you know, are, are they friends? Are they uh, people that just, you know, um, uh, are they referrals? Yeah. How, how do you end up finding these types of, of like deep client relationships? Yeah, I think it has been really a mixed bag when I look back um, over the years. Uh, it has been, you know, where I was for the first many years of my career, um, I probably didn't do a whole lot of hunting and searching myself. Um, many of those were things that were literally brought in by a sales team some way or another. So kind of fell into my lap type of situation. Uh, I think then as I got further into my career, it allowed me to do more of that um, and understand more like what we were providing and and how to go about finding those client relationships. And I think it, there it was more of a com combination of friends of friends, that type of thing. You know, it's interesting though, especially in the event side of things, a lot of people thought I was an event planner, right? Hmm. You know, that's what I did. Many of those thought like, oh, my sister-in-law is getting, or, you know, my whatever is getting married and do you want to plan her wedding? And I was like, that's not quite what we do. <laughs> Different so, event. <laughs> right. And I think that's probably, that probably happens in your, in this world too. You know, mm -hmm. like they think they, people don't really understand the work you're doing at an agency all of the time. Mm -hmm. And so some of the referrals you get, you kind of have to just be like, oh, that's really nice. That's not quite what we do. You may want to check this out. So I've gotten a lot of referrals like that. 
Um, but then I've gotten some really good ones too, you know, or people that have worked at um, friends that work at companies or again, friends of friends or people that move from different companies that has happened a lot. So mm -hmm. clients that I've worked with for several years have now moved on to a new company and they've decided, Hey, I need a partner. And I worked with this person for many years and I like them. So let's see if they'd be our partner. Um, that's probably been the, I would say that's probably the most of what I experienced is clients moving from one place to another and bringing the agency along as a partner. Yeah, that that is really fun. I know I can think of one right now off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, that, actually, I'll just go ahead and shout him out, Alex Kincaid from StreamTech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're on we're on uh, uh, you know workplace you know third one. Now this has been over the course of like ten years, which is amazing that we've been yes. able to work together for that long. But it is it's so neat where uh, you know you get a chance to like you know know that person and they're confident in in just what you said just a second ago. Not only you and the trust in you, but as like the trust and the team and the work that you can deliver on so um yeah but yeah. it is it's cool it, you feel honored when somebody does that like yeah totally yeah yeah because too like i think what i like about those types of relationships is you see like you see their career grow over that time as well you know maybe where they started is not the same place they are now where you're working with them um, in terms of role within a company. So you see their career kind of grow and change. And the same thing with your agency, because most agencies I've been at are growing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so seeing that growth of the agency and how the team changes, I'm sure, um, I hope, is cool to them too. <laughs> yeah, totally. But yeah, that's that's probably where I've seen the most is clients kind of moving around to, to other companies. Yeah, that's neat. Okay. Um... And then uh, what are good ways to stay in touch when you might have fallen out of touch? Um, because like, you know, people lose touch with relationships for all sorts of reasons. A lot mm -hmm. of times it's time, you know, um, but but yeah, are there any, you know, things you'd recommend to stay in touch and for, you know, and 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 not necessarily why, but like, you know, like, you know, what what would you say is like a good reason also to get back in touch? Yeah. So the biggest thing I've learned with this, because what I used to do, I think early in my career was more of like, hey, let's do a check in. And while some people are open to that, <laughs> um, again, I think everyone's time is very crunched and we're in a lot of meetings. Uh, a lot of people are in a lot of meetings. And so the biggest thing is bringing some type of value to them. So whether that is a new service, a new idea, a, hey, we've been doing this for this client. We think it could be really cool for you. So just making sure there's a real reason to reach out to them and not just be like, hey, let's check in. I want to see what you have going on. Um, so as much as we want to hear what they're doing to help drive what we would like to offer, we have to be able to bring something of value to them to get that started. Because, you know, so they probably get so many, hey, let's check in or, hey, let's schedule a call type of emails. Um, or, or voicemails, whatever that might be. So again, just whatever is of value to them. So again, in, in my past, that's usually been some new idea, like something, hey, we did this for this client. This would be really cool for this person. We need to bring it to them. Um, and I think most people, most clients like that mm -hmm. uh, because we're coming to them proactively and saying, hey, this is something you need to consider. And even if they can't do it right at that moment, um, you're bringing them something of value, uh, and then that gives you another touch point with them. Yeah. Oh my God, Jamie, that's so legit. Uh, because <laughs> like, um, 
you know, it is. It's so often that people are inundated, as you said, with like just, you know, tons of messages. They're in tons of meetings and like, yeah, literally we we don't have the time to devote, you know, to all of those things. But it is it, it's sometimes it's also just timing, though, you know, yeah. as you bring something of value and you hit it right at the right time. Um, you know, you, you, you could hopefully be in a good spot and, you know, and I definitely, I don't fault people when I'm like, Hey, you know, here's this, and maybe they're not interested. Maybe it'll come up later, you know, and maybe that's a good thing. But, um, but yeah, if you're not delivering anything of value, you're just like, Hey, just wanted to say hi. Like, okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. I appreciate that. But you know, yeah. What, what, why? Yeah. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. It's like, yeah, contact them with something, uh, like a reason or a reason to, you know, kind of reach out and why. Yeah. And, and being consistent and, but writing that line between consistency and not becoming annoying. So, um, because again, everyone's busy, email inboxes are full. Um, and I know for me, like if I get a text, even from a friend or a family member, if I don't respond almost immediately, there's a good chance I'm not going to respond until you reach out again. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, the same things happening with people with email. So again, being consistent, continuing to reach out um, at a regular kind of cadence, but then not overstepping that line of just being annoying, <laughs> which, is, which probably can be a fine line depending on who the person is. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, well, I, I've got one, you know, sort of last question and this is one where you know like i i feel like um you know everybody's been in this you know sort of situation and and sometimes relationships aren't worth saving uh, i will say that is before i even ask this question but you know where it's going anyway like what do you what do you do when you get into a point where you need to save a relationship and uh and you know and and how would you go about it yeah you know so i i've been lucky that i've had very few instances Um, where a client relationship shouldn't be saved, where, where, but I would say that when that happens, typically the client feels that as well. So it's usually a mutual feeling and we both just need to say goodbye and that's okay. Um, but many of mine in the past have been worth saving. Um, and when it's come to that for me with a client in the past, Again, back to what I was saying about miscommunication, it's usually because of that. So I think just um, reaching out, being transparent, be just hitting the issue head on, saying, here's what here's how I understand what our situation is, what's happened, what's going on with our partnership. Um, what are you feeling? What's working for you? What's not working? And just being really open and clear with like, here's what's going on and being able you know, again, that goes back to building trust. So making sure they trust you enough to be able to share that openly is really the most important thing. But I think, you know, I have definitely had to, in the past, had some really tough conversations of just saying like, hey, we we screwed up. You know, we messed up. We missed this deadline. We didn't do this right. We didn't, we didn't do a good job of managing expectations. Um, and so I think with most clients that I've had those conversations with, people just appreciate the the honesty mm-hmm. and that you're owning up to mistakes were made and everybody makes mistakes um that mistakes were made and and we're going to do everything we can to fix it and that was key learning for us and and we'll turn it around the best we can so cool. uh, that's that's how i've seen it work best in the past 
That's great. Yeah, everybody appreciates the accountability, you know, like culpability, you know, if there was some and you take ownership for the things that, you know, you might have done and then humility, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's all those things. Those uh, I, I didn't realize they all end in the same ITY. But anyway, <laughs> all right. I, I promise I didn't do that on purpose. Um, but yeah, it, um, I think that is great. And and I, I really appreciate, you know, that also like being direct about it, because like if you're feeling something, the client probably feels that way, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not alone in it, uh, and, and my not as might as well not skirt around, you know, what the issue might be. So yep. that's great. Yeah. Well, um, that's it. That's all I got for you in terms of questions. Uh, I, I I really appreciate it. Um, you know, and and definitely uh, also having you on board the team at Matchbox. Of course, this was fun. Let's do it again. We'll find another topic soon. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. We certainly will. Okay, well. Thank you again, Jamie. Of course. Thank you. See you later. Thanks. All right. This has been another episode of Mix and Matchbox. I am your host, Brent Feldman. We will be back soon with more content. Please like and subscribe. Thank you.